Grace and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. I suspect that the disciples were probably much more like country boys than city slickers. After all, they had grown up in small towns, small fishing villages primarily, and they had been blue-collar workers their entire lives. They had lived in this small town, and they had worked with other fishermen, and they had not been to a big city like Jerusalem except for maybe going to celebrate the Passover, something like that. And when they had had done that, you would have had a, a big crowd there. The disciples are in Jerusalem and they're looking around. And these guys who are from these small fishing villages, they're going, wow, isn't this amazing? It, it reminds me of the, the scene in the movie Hoosiers where you have these small-town basketball players, and they win all the way to the state championship, and they go to Butler Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, and they walk in, and they're just blown away by how big it is. The disciples had been to Jerusalem before, but maybe not without all of the crowds. And they're sitting there and they're just looking around and they're blown away. Look how beautiful the temple is. Look how big these buildings are. This place is amazing. This, they might have thought, this, this has got to be what it's all about. God's kingdom will certainly involve having big, beautiful, impressive buildings that are surrounding God's temple. Perhaps the disciples could even see themselves now living in Jerusalem. I mean, you got these big, beautiful buildings. You could stay there and have all of the the culture, the food, the wonderful uh, comforts that a big city like Jerusalem had to offer. But the disciples were focused on things that were passing away. They were allowing themselves to be consumed with things that simply do not last. It's a trap that is all too common for us today as well. We let our kids get busy with things, and then they have no time for devotions. Even regular church attendance falls by the wayside. And we we make these choices, and we communicate what's really most important to us are these things that are passing away, not the things that are eternal. Or we get consumed by a career and wanting to advance, and so we have no time for the things of God. Or we buy a house and a property that consumes our time to the point that we have no time for the things of God. Or we get so busy enjoying our retirements that we just don't have time for the things of God. There are so many ways to fall into the trap. But no sooner do the words leave the mouth of the disciple, look, teacher, what beautiful stones and what wonderful buildings, then Jesus responds, do you see these 
buildings, there will not be left here one stone that will not be thrown down. You see how beautiful everything is? And Jesus says, it's all going to burn. Well, that escalated rather quickly, didn't it? (laughs) They go from the disciples just kind of marveling at how beautiful it all is. And Jesus very quickly says, yeah, it doesn't last. It's all going to go. It's all going to get destroyed. A bit later, Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives and they're, they're looking at the temple. And some of the disciples come over to him, Peter, James, John, Andrew, and they ask him privately, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the signs when all these things are about to be accomplished? See, the disciples were gravely concerned about Jerusalem and about the temple. They couldn't even conceive of life without Jerusalem at the center of it and the the temple at the center of that. And further, if Jesus really was the Messiah and his reign had begun, how could such destruction to this super important place in their minds, how could that happen? Well, the disciples were learning that Jerusalem actually wasn't at the center of the kingdom of God. The temple wasn't either. Jesus is. The temple had its time and place, but it was merely pointing forward to the time when God really would dwell with his people. And that's exactly what was happening with Jesus right there in their presence. It's exactly what happens when Jesus is right here in our presence. The wonderful hymn, Built on the Rock, captures the idea quite nicely. Surely in temples made with hands, God the Most High is not dwelling. High above earth, his temple stands, all earthly temples excelling. Yet he who dwells in heaven above chooses to live with us in love making our bodies his temple. See, Jerusalem would fall, but it wouldn't mean the end of the kingdom of God because Jesus would send the Holy Spirit to dwell in the hearts of believers so that whenever two or three would gather around the word of God to receive the sacraments, wherever those two or three gathered, guess what? The church was there. The kingdom of God was present. The church doesn't require big, beautiful buildings in order to be the church. Now, beautiful, big buildings are nice. And it certainly is a lot nicer gathering in this place and not getting snowed on uh, as as the weather changes, right? But the reality is we could have all of those things taken away and still be the church, right? Having a nice, big, beautiful building is nice. It gives us a a place where we can gather. It gives us a, a witness to the community around us. But if our church building were ripped away, destroyed, confiscated, lost by some other means, we would still be the church. And we would find some other way to gather around the word and the sacraments, and the kingdom of God would still be present. In fact, when I was in grade school, an arsonist burned down our church. On September 11th of all days, 1989, an arsonist spread flammable liquids, lit the match, and most of our church building was burned. But the ministry of the church continued. The church rented some portable buildings and set up offices, makeshift offices in the parking lot, 
And we gathered that Sunday for worship in the parking lot. And the same thing happened. The preaching of the word, the receiving of the sacraments, the forgiveness of sins, it was all there. And then after that, we rented a a Seventh-day Adventist church because they didn't need it on Sunday mornings. It was really kind of cool. They helped us out. We rented the space, and we were able to gather for worship. And what's remarkable is that during that time without a building, the church grew. It grew in numbers. More people were coming. More people were trusting in Christ. But it also grew in people doing. More people became more involved in the life of the church. Now, this is not to say that being without a building is better. It's not. But it is to show the power of God's word. It's not tied to a building. Jesus was helping his disciples to see that the kingdom of God was not tied to a place or a building, but the kingdom of God is by faith. I don't think it's any coincidence that the account that we have right here follows right after the account of the widow and her might. You remember that one? Let me me just read that one for you real quick here. And Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. You see, the disciples, they were blown away by the grandeur of the temple and the other buildings in Jerusalem. But Jesus wanted them to see all that's passing away. All of that is going to be destroyed. Don't get attached to it. Don't give yourself over to that which is passing away. But like the widow, live for that which is to come. Trust that God will provide here and now and live for that which is eternal which is not passing away. The disciples were amazed by the grand buildings, but what Jesus really wanted them to see was the great faith of that widow because they were going to need faith like hers. Jesus was teaching his disciples that to follow him was going to mean sacrifice, and it still does. Now, sometimes the sacrifices are small, Right? Choosing to be in worship or in confirmation class when it means missing a school event or some other activity. Tithing a portion of your income means that, well, you're not going to have that money available to do other things that you might like to do. Giving up a part of your time to serve in various ways means you can't use that time in other ways. But sometimes the sacrifices are quite large. There are Christians in many parts of the world who face Very real persecution. Even in our own backyard. Those who dare to convert to Christianity from Islam can face beatings, being ostracized from the community, difficulty finding employment, and difficulty finding a place to live. And that's right here. 
Jesus tells his disciples that things will sometimes be very hard for believers. But he also notes this. The one who endures to the end will be saved. Will be saved. Jesus is teaching his disciples and teaching us not to become overly invested in that which is passing away. It's the same lesson he had back in Mark chapter 8. Jesus called the crowd to him, called the disciples to him, and he said, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? The widow. The widow had learned to trust God, to live by faith. Jesus was teaching his disciples, when Jerusalem falls, when the temple's destroyed, don't lose heart. Don't live by sight. Live by faith. The world is passing away. I like how uh, Baptist pastor Matt Chandler summed it up. He said this, everything you own is the stuff of future garbage, uh, garage sales, junkyards, and dumps. <laughs> Everything you own is the stuff of future garage sales, junkyards, and dumps. It's true, isn't it? It's true. The world is passing away. But what we have in Christ is eternal. Live now for that which does not pass away. The one who endures to the end will be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.